0: Welcome to Your Business, Your Life with Matt DeFrancesco, your personal financial technician. Whether you've had years of success in your business or just starting out, High Lift Financial can help you create a vision for your business, life, and family and align these for generational wealth. As they say, what happens in your life affects your business. And now on to the show. Well, hello and welcome again to Your Business, Your Life with your host, Matt DiFrancesco here. And, uh, you know, a lot of times during this end of the year, it's a good time to kind of evaluate how your year went and what you want to look coming into 2022. So I'm really excited today to have uh, my guest, Bob Miller. And Bob's a specialist in automotive repair training, and it's whether it be management, profitability, customer service, or technical in nature. And his career spans over 34 years. He began in repair facilities that range the full spectrum of independent shops, uh, including having his own for a while. So, And I guess uh, you've also worked in dealerships too, right, Bob? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. So, so Bob's developed training, including online and has extensive experience delivering both classroom and hands-on. And he's committed and dedicated to the automotive education and customer service education. His style is to conduct and supervise training in a way that enhances the student's productivity and quality of work to meet the rapid pace of change in the automotive repair industry. And if you've been watching or listening to uh, many of these podcasts, we've talked about a lot of those changes. And I think that's something that Bob uh, wants to highlight here, too. So with Bob's extensive experience, I'm really excited to hear his insights. So, hey, Bob, welcome to Your Business, Your Life. Well,
1: thank you. And thank you for this opportunity, Matt. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, that's no problem. That's no problem. We actually, we actually met in a uh, interesting way. I was, uh, I found him on my wife's LinkedIn <laughs> or not my <laughs> wife's, my sister's, my sister's LinkedIn. And I'm like, how the heck would she know an automotive guy? So anyway, that's kind of how the whole connection started there. So I'm not even sure how you, how you got to know my sister.
1: Actually, uh, I met her through a company that she worked for and I did some contract training for them back a few years. So, uh, She's a good person.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Families always have their good and their bad. So we'll see. We'll see how this all works out here. So Uh but anyway, so, uh, Bob, you know, I gave a 30,000 foot view of kind of your background and and experience, and I just wanted you to kind of give the um, uh, audience a a little more insight into your background and why why you are so passionate about helping shop owners achieve, you know, achieve what they want to achieve.
1: Absolutely. Well, I've been around the block, that's for sure, Matt. And uh, if you think of anything that has to do with either uh, motor vehicle training or specifically automotive, I've probably been there. You know, I started out as a wrench way back and uh, went from there to teaching. And I'm not going to tell you how many years I've been teaching because uh, (laughs) I'd be embarrassed at that. But, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing the uh, light bulb go on, so to speak, in the person's eyes. You know, when they pick up a concept and you know how to do something that they didn't know when they walked in that night. So, you know, I, I enjoy it. And that's the reason I've stuck with it for as long as I have. I, I've been, as I said, been around the block, independent repair shop, dealerships, aftermarket. And then about 15 years ago, I decided that uh, I was going to start my own company. And so I started training them now at that point, And it's been a, a success. And I have a following of people that uh, pretty much goes across the country. Wow! So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. That's why right. I'm doing it still. So. Oh,
0: that's awesome! That's awesome. So you're 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 training both on the technical side and on the the business management side, correct?
1: That is correct. Yeah, I have a uh, a class I put together from uh, you know observing shops and seeing where their greatest needs are. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I cover profitability in detail because that's a key thing, and that's that's the thing that's missing in a lot of cases. So, uh, right. you know, I've spent a lot of time on that. And you know, it's it's funny because some of the things that are are draining your profits are uh, so simple, and just have to think about them and and take care of it, and you know, you benefit from it. Right. Yeah. You know what?
0: And it's interesting. I, that's what, you know, in, in kind of my experience, I'm seeing a lot of these shop owners, they're, they're excellent technicians, you know, most of them, you know, grew up within the shop, either bought the shop or started their own. And, uh, but they're less skilled as business owners. And, you know, while they have the resources on the technical mm-hmm. end, they don't always have the, uh, the resources to be the, uh, the kind of owner that they need to be, and also be entrepreneurial because I think, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you've got a lot more experience in the area that with so many changes and how rapidly the automotive repair industry is changing, oh, that yeah. they're going to need to start developing more, more of an entrepreneurial mindset as they, as they move forward. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And I want to see what you see in your work and how shop owners, how you feel shop owners can become better business owners.
1: Yeah. And you know, it, it's important to, uh, to, uh, think outside the box, I think, in, in a lot of re- regards. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, would help any business is, is develop and repeat customers. Yeah. And, you know, if you just go into it thinking in terms of uh, what you as a consumer like when you walk into a store, that'll give you a pretty good basis for what you need to, you know, develop and offer to your customers as well. So that's a key point, as you said, Matt, actually taking care of the customer, they can repeat, Customers out of them you know, and then word spreads, and you know you've gotten there when the customer walks in, throws you the keys, and says, "Go ahead and fix me and give me a call when it 's ready you right. know you, you've you've gotten there when that when that happens, so uh yeah that's what you have to work for, it, I think, and you're right, the repair industry is going through some rapid changes, mm-hmm. and uh you know if you can't handle the heat, then this is a good time probably to to you know get out because uh you know, things like electric cars. Oh yeah. You know, and I still think personally that diesel has a foothold, especially when we talk about light trucks or even medium or heavy trucks. So that's another area that you know is, is worth looking into. Uh one of the biggest challenges I see for shops is holding on to their personnel.
0: Oh yeah. You know,
1: and in, in, in so many cases. The technicians are in a revolving door, so to speak, and, uh, you know, they go down down the street to another shop and you're looking again for it. So, uh, you know, that's something that we need to really work on, too, is to, you know, get the customers to stay and get the uh, technicians to stay as well. Right.
0: You know, in some of my other guests, we've, we've talked about the idea of the the customer experience, but I want to touch on just what you talked about keeping the technicians and, you know, why are you seeing technicians leaving? And what do you think the shop owners can do to help entice them to stay? What are some of the things to put into place?
1: I, for, for a period of time, I worked for a major vehicle leasing company, ARI probably have heard of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, They're people that answered the phone when a shop called in for approval on a job. About 99.9% of them are what are called world-class technicians, okay, from the ASE, okay? Right. And, uh, you know, they reward them for each one of the ASE certifications they pick up, and they don't award them just once, okay? Mm -hmm. The pay grade goes up as they pick up more and more ASE certification. So, you know, that's something we need to do. We really do. You know, I realize that book learning is one thing. Right. and When you put a wrench in your hand, it can be a different thing. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a factor that we have to look at. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that I think is missing with uh, a lot of the shops is they just simply let the uh, technicians pay stagnate. And so they uh-huh. go down the street to get, to get better pay. And, right. uh, you know, none of us are in this for our health, that's for sure. Right. So, uh, you know, for the techs, that's a factor. So, you know, maybe creating some sort of a career path for your guys, you know, and, and, uh, encourage them to get certified because, you know, regardless of, um, the fact that yes, it's book learning and putting a wrench in your hand, is possibly a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the public is becoming aware of this. Right. And so, you know, it's important to offer that certification because they see it as an important thing because today's cars are not like your grandpa's 71 Chevy, you know, they're, <laughs> they're radically different. And uh, that's just, I, I think that, you know, encouraging the techs to stay is a key point, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> It's interesting. I actually my son was in uh, over Thanksgiving. He came up from D.C. and he rented a Tesla. And so he let me drive it. It was I mean, it was pretty phenomenal. I mean, it was just, you know, with yeah, just looking at the technology that's in there. And I'm thinking, wow, is this like what the future is going to look like? Not just the electric, but how, you know, all the um, the uh, GPS sensors and and oh, you know, yeah. driving capabilities. And and, yeah. you know, you got to wonder. I mean, there's got to be constant training on all this stuff. And then plus the safety measures on EVs. I mean, you know, I'm my understanding is, you know, they're running sometimes thousand volts i mean if you're not properly trained to work on an electric vehicle that's that's pushing that much voltage you know you're talking life or death
1: absolutely you hit a couple of points there for starters there is high voltage involved here and i think everyone is aware of that uh and it can be scary for somebody that doesn't know anything and if they don't know anything then they definitely should stay away from it so you know getting some training on hybrid and electric vehicles is a key to be able to offer that service to your customers because that's where things are going. And, uh, you know, and again, the vehicle is just, uh, it's just becoming a a world of uh, computers and sensors and you can't even change a grill in a car or change a windshield in a car without having to recalibrate the sensors that you've disturbed. You know, if somebody doesn't know that, they can get themselves into some real hot water with a customer's car. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: uh, you're absolutely right. Becoming comfortable with the diagnostics and understanding how these new systems work is key to moving forward as the industry moves forward. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. One thing I had uh, one of the guests I had on a few weeks ago was talking about this idea how the the mechanical technician nowadays you need to know something of the collision side and the collision side guys need to know part of the um the mechanical side too, because again, of these complexities that these vehicles face. can you I don't know if you can speak to that
1: oh, yeah, that's that's very important. as a matter of fact, you know that's something to think in terms of because uh, you could have a uh, body shop around the corner that's looking for somebody to pick up the uh, slack that they can't handle and they do the uh, body repair work and then they send a vehicle over to you to, you know, take care of those sensors and take care of the ADOS, you know, the advanced right. driver assistance systems that they all have now. They all have by law. You know, it's not right. something that's optional. It's there by law. Right. So, um, you know, that's a key area. In, you're right. There's a big switch over back and forth between body repair and mechanical now, right? They're just kind of almost merged together in a sense. I get that. I get that. So
0: I I want to kind of of switch back. We were talking about, you were talking about some of the compensation plans and uh, you talked about modifying the pay plans. Do you see benefits as being part of that, that way to modify is to things like, you know, putting a retirement plan in place, putting, um, you know, uh, maybe HSA programs along with healthcare, those type of things. Do you see those as being incentive in, incentives in the market?
1: Yeah, they, they need to be because, you know, if you want to, if you want to attract the kind of technician that is valuable to you in the long run, those are things that they're looking for because they have a family they have kids right. and, uh, You know, they're thinking about the same things that you are, and uh, they have the same concerns. So, yeah, benefits are a real key. Absolutely.
0: Right. And I think that's, you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, again, to grow your own talent, you're looking at younger people. And it's really interesting because, you know, I run across this all the time, and the younger people are much more seem to be much more in tune with like those type of things with, you know, saving for retirement. They've kind of seen they, you know, they've seen market crashes, they've seen their parents, you know, uh, be downsized. And so, you know, those are things that are important to them. And I, I, I think sometimes we give the younger generation a pass, saying, Oh, they're lazy. They don't do that. It's not that they're just, they're, they're wired a little differently than, than how we are. I mean, I don't yeah, know if they- you're finding that in the technical with the technician end.
1: Oh yeah. They're, they're moving forward. I mean, I look at my, uh, my granddaughters that, you know, were, were born with a computer in their hands. Right. And, uh, you know, so they, you know, with my smartphone, sometimes I go to one of my granddaughters for the little esoteric stuff that you have trouble finding, you know? <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're oriented toward that. That's, that's what their life is like. And, uh, you know, they use computers in school and, uh, you know, when they come to work for you, they're going to need computers there as well. So right. that's where training comes in for
0: sure. Oh, exactly. I was at, yeah. I was at a show and they said they were showing the uh, video with these guys wearing, they're almost like these virtual reality goggles yeah. where then they'll, they'll be basically looking at the car and a car will be communicating because of all the sensors that are on there and um, communicating with them and showing them basically where work needs to be done, those type of things. And so mm-hmm. I think- And actually, I think that's an advantage to uh, you know bringing in younger technicians because they they're comfortable with that technology. They use it all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for a period of about eight to ten years, I worked for Snap-on, kind Mm. of behind the scenes. And uh, what I did was I developed the uh, steps to take to repair a particular problem, and you know Snap-on. Uh, introduced this concept because it's now available in their scan tool. So when they hook a scan tool to a car, the scan tool pulls codes for them and it now actually gives them the steps to first confirm the cause of the problem and then second repair it as well. And it's all right there in tool form, you know, so they need to know how to use that. They need to uh, go past just wrenches. That's for sure.
0: Right it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. So, you know, you talked about growing your own talent. So we're talking about some of the ways to be able to retain employees, but how do you grow your own talent? How do you find these people? What are some of the steps that you could take to basically start that process of growing talent within your own shop?
1: I would you know, start with the local vote tech school uh-huh. and I would introduce myself to the, Guidance counselor in that Votech school, introduce myself to the instructors that they have in their uh, automotive and truck shops, and maybe do a little career day type of uh, presentation for the guys in the class. Of course, with the uh, approval of the instructor, but uh, you know, make them aware of the fact that your shop can meet those challenges on the new vehicles and that you. Are equipped and prepared to meet that challenge. Right. Of, course, of course, that's another thing too. And you know, I always tell people: some like it, some don't like it. But if the tool's small enough to fit in your toolbox, it belongs to the technician. If it's Ooh. too big to get in the toolbox, the shop pr- provides it for them.
0: Gotcha. So interesting, interesting. So we looked at you know going to the um, going to your local Votex, creating a career path. Tweaking the the pay plans and benefit plans as needed, um, anything else that these shop owners should maybe look at?
1: Well, if there's a Lincoln Tech or that kind of a you okay. know post-secondary school, I would definitely tap that as a resource as well. Mm-hmm. See if there's any clubs at the uh, high school that are automotive involved, and see if you can you know spend an afternoon or a, you know a day with them and again enlighten them to the fact that you've got things to offer to them that they might be looking for. Right. Right. You know,
0: it's interesting because this kind of brings up a question that's popped into my head and I've talked to a number of people about that. And it's not just even in the automotive industry, it's really in any of the, um, uh, any of the technical skills, you know, plumbing, electricians, carpenters, bricklayers, is that there's really this, um, this deficiency of talent, like even the Laveau tech schools, you know, they're, they're just not seeing the numbers like they did back in the day, like when I was in high school. Yeah, and yeah. It, a lot of it is because guidance counselors in high schools are pushing kids saying, you need to go to college, you need to go to college. And, and listen, I, you know, I'm not against college, but not every kid is of out to do that. And, you know, Agreed. I laugh because I've got, I got clients that are, that are, you know, of course, you know, they got collision shops, they've got, bo- they got mechanical repair, there's plumbers, uh you know, there's electricians. And and they're making more money than my physicians, and they don't have three hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and they don't have a, a hundred thousand dollar medical malpractice insurance premiums to pay
1: every year Is there Four anything that, that
0: yeah, is there anything that shop owners can do to kind of help maybe encourage young people to say, "Look, you know maybe college isn't the way, but look, you can have a very a very lucrative career in a skill in, in being an automotive technician or, you know, any of those. I don't know if you Absolutely. have any thoughts on that.
1: And again, uh, you know, introducing yourself in the, uh, in the, the local votech they just may have a career day as a matter of fact. And if that be the case, then you want to, you know, sign up to be present at your career day and uh, enlighten the guys, the, the gals that come to the career day on the fact that, you have something to offer to them that they're looking for. And you're absolutely right. I mean, at a personal level, I have a uh, son-in-law who is an electrician and he's pulling down a phenomenal amount of money. <laughs> and I've got a couple of granddaughters who went to college and they can't find a job yeah. in their area of expertise that they graduated with. Right. So it's uh, it's it's true that we have pushed ourselves into a corner with the trades and uh, it'll probably come around and maybe, you know, you going into a uh, career day or going in to visit the class, you know, can help turn that around. If mm-hmm. I agree with you 100% on that one, Matt, that's for sure.
0: Oh, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. And, I, and again, I think, you know, especially a, a shop owner who's looking is has maybe more of an entrepreneurial mindset. These are, I think, proactive things that you can go going into the schools to talk to kids about this, because like I said, mm-hmm. they're not getting it in the schools. The guidance counselors are, you know, they they have no idea. As a matter of fact, I've had friends of mine who have done you know, like uh, one of my best friends. His son didn't want to go to college, got into diesel repair, and mm-hmm. he was actually looked down on like he was put down by the principal because he wanted to do that and i just think that to me that's like oh my gosh yeah what, what are people thinking
1: well that's a sad mindset that you know that came around probably 50 years ago and right. uh you know johnny doesn't do well in in the uh academics so let's put him in auto shop right and uh that's sad that's sad because uh we all know right now that fixing today's cars <laughs> takes more than a wrench. You know that's for sure. That's right. So, think about you know visiting the Avotech. Think about having a uh, a night where your shop opens and it's advertised to everyone to come into the shop and you know learn about their car. Right. Keep some simple stuff. I I got a guy that interesting enough uh, way back in time. I taught him, and I stay pretty much in close touch with him and. He has a repair shop, and so I have a multitude of cutaway stuff that I loan to him when he goes into a high school or or when he has a you know a night where he invites customers come in and yeah. see what he's got to offer.
0: Wow. So. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's yeah. great. That's great. So yep. well, Bob, we're getting, we're getting close on time. So, but I got one more question I wanted to ask you that sure, really, yeah. again, with your experience and being out there in the marketplace, what are the three things uh, you believe shop owners must do to thrive in the coming years?
1: Well, I think first of all, that they need to build repeat customers. I think that's right. a, a really important point. Secondly, they need to grow their own technicians and offer a career path to them, and mm-hmm. thirdly, I think they need to look at services that are available now that weren't available ten years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, maintenance for one, and uh, so the customer comes in, and you he, he comes in for maybe a simple oil change, and you say, Mister Smith, do you follow the maintenance schedule that Ford specifies for your Taurus? And you stop and see what his answer is, and then depending on what his answer is. You go in the appropriate direction with them, with your dialogue. Mm -hmm. Other things, air conditioning. Something else to think about is to uh, visit the local factories or local office buildings and introduce yourself to the managers or whoever and maybe give them a flyer with a bunch of flyers with a business card stapled to each one Mm -hmm. and tell them that uh, if they present that card when they come to your shop, and then have some sort of a spiff for whatever it might be, a free oil change or something. Oh, that's fascinating. Um,
0: yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anytime you can, anytime you can, um, there's, there's, a, there's a great book came out years ago by a guy named uh, Robert Cialdini about, uh, called Influence about the six, um, six items for persuasion. And one of uh-huh. them, is this idea of reciprocity. Uh And so I think, you know, you give them something, Hey, I'll give you a free oil change. They're, they're more inclined to, you know, kind of come your way and to be able to want to do the things that you're asking them to do. And so, and it's, yeah, some people get hung up on it, but it's really, again, if you're always looking out for that person's best interest, there's nothing wrong with enticing them to come, uh, come toward you. And I think, you know, I think shop owners need to think that way now.
1: Absolutely. Very important.
0: No problem. No problem. Yeah. So, Bob, you know, this has been great. I just want to know if you could tell the audience, where do they find you? So if somebody's looking for training, either from a, tech, a technician standpoint or, you know, from maybe some business management practices, how to evolve their business? Where do they find you?
1: One or two ways, cell phone or email. Okay. Keep in mind that my weeks typically involve leaving on Monday and coming back on Friday. Okay. So uh, if you do send me an email message, I'll get back to you that, that night. Typically, uh, if you call me, it's going to go into voicemail. And, uh, you know, I'll call you back at my first opportunity. But uh, train them now at gmail.com
0: Okay.
1: or my phone number uh, 610-505-7561. Right.
0: Um, And we'll have that. We'll put that all in the show notes, too. And you can also contact me at at, uh, highlyfinancial.com. I can get you in touch with Bob or any of our guests here. So feel free to reach out, too. But, Bob, you have any closing thoughts that you wanted to share?
1: I just think that this industry uh, offers a tremendous opportunity for profitability. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, you have to do what you have to do in order to, Great profitability for yourself. So, right. uh, don't be afraid of it. Just step outside the box and do some of the things that we talked about.
0: That's right. That's right. And and it doesn't always mean that we just have to sell out to some big consolidator. We can always uh, uh, make it on our own. And, and you know what, there's something that's kind of exciting about that too. So, and again, it's about creating family legacies also. So that's kind of my deal. So anyways, Bob, I really appreciate you being on. I think it's been fantastic. And again, you know, uh, just great resources. And I'm sure the audience is really gaining a lot from uh, what you shared with us today.
1: Well, my pleasure. And, uh, anything in the future that I can help you with, don't hesitate.
0: No problem. No problem. And as always, the last thanks goes to you, the audience. Thank you for listening to Your Business, Your Life with me, Matt Francesco. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, please click on the subscribe button below. That way, whenever a new episode comes out, it will download immediately to your device. And it also makes it easy for you to share with your friends and family or anybody that you know that would benefit from the information that we provide. So, Um, Also, if you're watching this on YouTube or, again, you're listening on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, any of the uh, great channels, if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. That way uh, we move up on the list and and more people can get the uh, information that we're providing. So with that, I want to just thank everybody for uh, listening to Your Business, Your Life. And take care and God bless, and we'll talk to everybody real soon. Hey, I really want to thank you for listening to the Your Business, Your Life podcast. If you want to be notified when new episodes become available, click the subscribe button below. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Lift Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment, legal, or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional with any questions you may have regarding your business or personal planning. De Francesco Financial Concierge, LLC, DBA, High Lift Financial is a registered investment advisor. Registration with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any state security authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training.